Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, Enneagram 6, Life Coach for Sixes. Speaking of uninhibited and becoming so, I'm hosting a two-day workshop on confidence for sixes. I could have called it self-trust for sixes. I could have called it living uninhibited. It's all the same stuff. It's going to be two days where we explore different pieces that go into really what keeps us stuck, what keeps us from doing the things we want to do, and how to actually get unstuck and move into those spaces that we tend to avoid. So you can sign up for the workshop in the show notes, of course. And yeah, it's happening 12th and 13th. I'm very excited about it. Okay, in this episode, Abby and I talk about other people's brains. Sixes, we spend a lot of time in other people's brains. Uh, Let's talk about it. Sixes, welcome back. Today, I'm talking with Abby Lindy. Abby has been on the podcast before. And this is actually going to be cool because we're going to pull out part of what we talked about on that podcast that we did. We shared all kinds of different tools and different things. Anyway, let's reintroduce you. Abby Lindy, Enneagram 6, Willpower Coach. What else? Do you want to say anything else about who you are? Client of Kristen Messaging? I was just going to say longtime client (laughs) of Kristen. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. Awesome. Thanks for being here again. I'm very excited. Yeah. Same, same, same. Okay, so we are going to talk about other people's brains. Sixes tend to spend a lot of time thinking about what other people are thinking, might be thinking, could be thinking. There's a whole lot that we do in other people's brains. The way that one of the tools Abby and I talked about way back when was this idea of tentacling. Tentacling is when we have uh, basically things coming out of us up into other people's brains, similar to an octopus has tentacles and it kind of goes out. And yeah, I think we'll just set, set it up like that and kind of go from there. Yeah. Do you want to add anything so far? We're also going to touch on projection and there's, we're going to get into a whole lot of things here organically thing, we'll see how it goes the only thing the only thing to add is <laughs> when i imagine the tentacles coming out of my brain and going into other people's brains there's a lot of like slurping and stickiness and like i don't know for some reason that is important because it's not like a nice clean process it's like that's so funny that you say that because literally not 30 minutes ago I thought to myself, the reason tentacling is so great is because it comes with sound effects. Because like yes. when I imagine coming out of someone's head, because here's usually I would say we go in, we don't know we're doing it. We have no idea that we've actually come out of ourselves and plucked into someone else's brain and we're kind of meddling around in there. So it's really when I imagine pulling uh, the tentacles out that there's like a sound yeah yeah absolutely yeah same that's why I felt like that was important so no it is important it really is 
You know, it's a funny thing, but it's also true that the more senses we bring online when we're learning things, the more they actually stick and we remember them. So doubly important. Okay. How does, when does this come up for you? (laughs) When does it not come up for me? It would be a better question. The examples I could think of, like with my husband, this is a thing all the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Um, The other thing is, I think like with people that are in places of like authority or like positions of power. um, Nodding, nodding vigorously. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I get real uh, like up in other people's brains um, around that. Like at work in work settings and that sort of thing. Worrying about what they might think trying to account for what they might think all of those things like about (laughs) you specifically yeah yeah and like you said at the beginning you you don't realize that you're being up in someone's brain so like I'm trying to decide you know what I want to do about this project or work situation and I am just like frantic about it and I can't figure it out and I'm like oh because I'm not actually in my brain. Right. I'm actually trying to be in someone else's brain to predict how they're going to perceive anything that I do. And it's just like, it's it's impossible then um, oh, to that, like decide anything. <laughs> that was just so well said. A lot of times what we're doing as sixes is we're not even necessarily approaching the thing in front of us. We are spending our energy worrying about what other people may or may not be thinking in reaction to what we may or may not do. Why does that feel new to me? I'm like, yes, the way you said that, that's so interesting. I learned it from you. So first of all, (laughs) no, I don't know, but I'm glad it's it's an amalgam of teachings. I can see that. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true, though. We spend a lot of our precious energy trying to manage other people's perception of or reaction to us. Totally. As as opposed to doing the thing. And I really want to highlight, this is not bad. It is not wrong to consider other people as we're walking through the world. In fact, I think we can all probably think of someone off the top of our head who would do well to actually consider other people somewhat more, right? Like we all know that person who never, go ahead. You want to say something? I was just going to say, I feel like that actually was something that was really hard for me Mm -hmm. at the beginning of working with you Mm -hmm. of my life. Um, (laughs) Because like, okay, I didn't realize I was in other people's brains. Mm -hmm. And then I was trying to like get out of it, get out of people's brains and just be in my brain. But then it felt like I was being selfish and ignoring what other people think and feel. So like that's selfish and I'm, that's not who I am. I am considerate of other people and I'm, I'm really good at like getting everyone to work together. So it's like, that's yeah. so in my identity or was, is, I don't know, um, yeah. that that was, I think, a really tricky 
thing mm-hmm. that I'm still probably working on. Um, wow. That, again, that's just really to the heart of it, right? Because when we think about doing something different or we're trying to do different things, our brain is not going to want to give up what it's already doing. And the arguments that it gives us sound good and rational and logical. And like we're being a we're being good people by considering. And there's some truth there. This is one of the things, it's just kind of highlighting how our brains tend to go all or nothing pretty quickly. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, okay. If I'm not, quote, supposed to be up in other people's brains, which I want to flesh this out a little bit more, then I should just be in my own brain and not worry at all what anyone else thinks, which mm-hmm. is really never what I'm teaching or what we're talking about. But of course, the brain does that as kind of a, well, I don't really want to over describe what I think the brain is doing, but it just makes sense to me that that's what our brains do. Like, oh, so then we're saying it's supposed to be all this thing. And because that's not right either, the brain can, it can just get into that battle. It's like, clearly you should just keep doing things the same. Clearly, at the end of the day, just keep doing things the same because that's keeping us safe. Let's talk about the safety, the perceived safety of all of this work we're doing for everybody else. So I'll go, I'll go. So when when I'm up in my husband's brain, which is also frequent, I'm not aware that my subconscious is telling me if I say or do something just right, then I'm protecting myself from something. He might be upset with me. He might have a reaction to this thing that I don't like. We might be stuck in some kind of conflict or disagreement. I don't want any of that. I want none of that. So my efforts to imagine what he might be thinking or try to predict how he might react to something. So then I'm maybe going to say it this other way. Like even describing it is exhausting. But this is so automatic for me. You too? Yeah, you're nodding. Okay. Yeah. Like when do I bring up something and, you know, you know, in a certain order and how I say a thing or. Right. Right. Two. And we're doing this around. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yes, totally. And I think what kind of gets a little stingy is to start to acknowledge I do these things to control him, essentially, because of my fears around someone being upset with me or having to manage a disagreement or all the things that I just referenced. So that's kind of what we're talking about here too. How are these automatic things that we do for very good reasons how are they also a little bit controlling? Well, I literally just had that gut check that you're talking about the other day on our coaching call. Mm-hmm. I was talking about how I had you know, someone in my life that I, I knew this person was manipulating me. And, uh, you know, I wanted to essentially manipulate the situation back so that it ended up being in my in my favor, you know? And you were like, oh, so you're mad at that person for doing what you want to do? Hmm, okay. <laughs> and I was like, dang it, Kristen. That's exactly it. So it's like, yeah, 
like I would, I hate the thought of someone else being in my brain. Oh gosh, seriously. Manipulate me out of my brain. Seriously. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Stand that thought. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, but do you want someone to do a lot of thinking about what might be best for you? Because I actually do think there's some of this, right? Like I actually do, I can just keep using my husband. I could use him as the example all day long. Maybe I'll get more creative as we go. But I do want him thinking about how what he says may or may not impact me. And so, no, I don't think I want people in my brain, but I do think I want people doing the same work that I do, right? Instead of us both being sort of like, separate autonomous individuals who can meet each other and communicate uh, without getting, I don't know, just like adults, basically. I would much rather, we're both sort of overworking the situation. So at the end of the day, I don't feel bad. I think that's the starkest way I could possibly put it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um... I don't know if that's totally true, but I think if I take it to its extreme, yeah. No, I can see that for sure. Because if you're like, well, I'm not going to change. So therefore, I, he can't be better than me. He's not allowed to be. Oh, so wait, he what? Has do, he has, like, if I'm going to tentacle in, in his brain. Yeah. And I know that that's me, like, manipulating or influencing the situation. Well, he's not allowed to be, like, a better human than me. So he has to do the same thing and overthink and overplan. <sighs> totally. For me. Yeah. Totally. I get that. The thing is, we're not, I mean, we're sort of revealing subconscious layers, right? So it doesn't sound that way. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like, why can't people just be thoughtful? Right? I'm so thoughtful. (laughs) Why can't people just be thoughtful? Why can't people just be nicer? Why can't people think about me the same way I think about them? When what's really interesting is if you really get in there with some of these people, let's say my husband as an example, he actually doesn't want me doing anything. 95% of the thinking about him and his brain and all of him that I do. Like he's not interested. So that's been interesting to learn as well. That is funny. Yeah. Because I'm like, just do it like me. I'm clearly doing it right. And he's like, well, according to me, you're actually not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And if you take this to a work situation, what I what I hear a lot is people are afraid to upset, right? The authority figure. So they're, so they're like, just tell me exactly what to do. Just tell me exactly what you need from me. And often that boss is like, well, I need you to figure out your job. I need you to figure out what to do. And then, and then the six is like, but you know, if I get it wrong, well then don't have any thoughts or feelings about that. Okay. This is where I want us to pivot to. What are we really protecting against? Other people having thoughts and or feelings about us. Yuck. (laughs) I wish you could see Abby's face. It's very sour. Mm. Right? You agree? I mean, this is sort of at the end of the day, what's really going on? I mean, I feel like you ask me often, like, what's the worst case scenario here? And many times the worst case scenario is People will have negative thoughts about me. Yes. 
Yes. That's worst case scenario. Right. As soon as we get beyond everyone's going to die, the next realm of horror for sixes is people are going to have negative thoughts and feelings about me. Totally. Okay. So tell me how that has sort of evolved for you as you've learned that that's a big problem in your mind. And then. (laughs) So I feel like actually at the beginning, I didn't think I cared what other people thought about. Okay. I'm so glad you just said, because I literally just wrote down the word armor because this is the other end of the spectrum. We can be a little armored up about it, which isn't really what you're saying, but go on. You just didn't know. I didn't know. I thought I was just living my life, being me, and um, just having some troubles. And I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, I was attempting to, you know, influence and control everybody else's thoughts <laughs> about me so that they think I'm a perfect human, which is exhausting. Oh, it's so um, exhausting. Yeah. I still don't like it when people have thoughts about me that I'm not in control of. Or the per- possibility that they could. Right. That was the, that's the other thing is like, actually have no clue that's what, what people I- really, <laughs> really think about me. Which right. I think is this, that's, I mean, is that scarier? Or the fact that they, I know that they have negative thoughts. I don't know. All of it is outside of my control. And that is all of the part that's up. Um, yeah. So you didn't know that you were doing this really. At the beginning, I did not know that I was doing that. Yeah. Okay. So now you do have that in your awareness that that's a possibility, at least something to look at. <sighs> yes. I would say that. Okay. So there's like two things. Number one, <laughs> There are times when I am able to actually think they might have thoughts about me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this anyways, because this is whatever the right thing to do. It's what I want to do, whatever. Like there are times where I'm like, I'm going to do this anyways. People are going to have thoughts. So be it. Other times I'll be feeling like, I don't know, spinny is the word I use, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm not able to really like make decisions or I'm feeling all kinds of frantic anxiety ish and like I'm stuck on something. And oftentimes <laughs> what the issue is, is that I am not able kind of what we were saying at the beginning, like not able to check in actually with my own self and my own brain because I'm actually stuck in other people's brains and I need to untentacle and come back to my own body and my own brain so that I can like actually think about things. (laughs) So I I guess sometimes I can do it and other times I like can't figure out why something is so hard. And then I realize that that's what's happening. Totally. And this is something that I wrote down that I really wanted to talk about. So when exactly what you're describing, right? I'm just having problems. I can't figure out what's going on. I'm spinny, but they're is another person involved, which is most of our problems involve other people, or it's just something we need to do, but we are actually thinking about any other people. This is where the 60 committee can come in, right? I can be trying to make a decision that is not obviously attached to another person, but yet 
I find myself considering what this friend might say, what my coach might think, what my husband might think, what this person who I know has different thoughts and beliefs as me might think. Like all of a sudden, there can be just like a room full of people that I'm like bouncing my stuff off of. So this really, I think, is a part of what gets in the way for us, even if it isn't a conflict that's or a situation that has another person attached. It's just a good thing to start to pay attention to. Like, am I, if there isn't someone right there, am I kind of like going out to even get people in? It's almost like just so I can doubt myself because that is our mechanism. Self-doubt is the thing, one of the big things that we get to work with. Okay, I just want to... Get to, get to work with, yes. Okay, I just went off on a little bit of a tangent, but bringing it back. When we're in this struggle, we always want to look at ourself first. When the when the mirror is super cloudy and foggy, when our lens is thick, when we're really sure someone else is a piece of crap, <laughs> is a good clue to do, just look. When we're really sure... When we need confirmation that that person is terrible, when we can't just like trust our own self about something, when we feel really confused, is it them or is it me? Okay, any of these sort of, uh, I don't know, these could all be signs that it's time to go inside first. We absolutely cannot sort this out if we aren't willing to kind of come inside and do a little work. Here's the caution. Because of the all or nothing thinking, and the reason this can be so hard for us, as soon as we take our attention off of the other person and we go inside, what's the risk? That it becomes all our fault. Yes. (laughs) It must be something wrong with me. Must be something wrong with me. We don't tend to hold space for adults get to have different thoughts, different feelings, different reactions to things. Adults get to do what adults do. They they just do. This is one of, I think, the hardest things for adult sixes to wrestle with is that we all adults get to make their own choices. Maybe another topic, I don't know. But the the real risk of taking our eye off of the external person is that we're going to come in and tear ourselves to shreds. If I'm having a problem and I consider it might not be that person, then it must be me. So we have to do something about that. Uh, do you remember I had a big swing? Like I was, shame was something that I yeah. dealt with like a lot for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I don't feel like that is so like heavy uh, don't in my life is. now. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like it's there, certainly. Um, but like, that was a big, and I, I don't know if it was just the swinging um, of the pendulum back for me. But like, that was something like, that I really struggled with. Like, if it's not their fault, if I can't blame it all on them, then it all must be on me. That's that right. was definitely a phase okay. that I went through. Yeah. And I it's such a gigantic pitfall. We just absolutely have to talk about it. So 
how, what has kind of been your journey with that? How could you describe that? And I can also share, I'm because I'm trying to, yeah, anything come up? Or I guess I could uh, say what's different now, right? How does it go? That might be an easier way to answer it. I, I don't know. I guess part of it was this, you know, if I was going to let other people like have some grace oh, and like, you know, may, it's possible that they are just doing their best <laughs> possible. Like, okay, I can have some compassion for them, you know, and then I'm turning the light back at me. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm just doing my best. And like, maybe we're all just kind of doing our best together here. Um, I feel like that was something that I had to like, remind myself a lot for a while was you you are this is what you've got right now. You're doing your best. This is you doing it. (laughs) I hear you cracking open uh, more capacity for humanity is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Maybe and for that. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe we're all just humans here. And what 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 would that be like? I think that's really scary for people. Sounds messy. It's so messy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so messy. I are okay, last week. Bob and I got into a thing and I said, I cannot yet, I said, after all these years, you know, two and a half decades, I said, we have not yet solved for me being able to bring something to you about you and it go well. And he said, (laughs) but we'd already been like past the hard part. We were already kind of in the resolution, right? So I was wanting to go back and can we just clean up this initial process? And he said, well, maybe it's just not supposed to go that way. And I was like, (laughs) and what he was saying to me, because I can hear other people like, well, he needs to work harder and he should blah, blah, blah. Like maybe, but the fact of the matter is we got where I wanted to go. It was painful. It was hard. It was like, ooh. And he was saying to me, I'm here. I'm still here. We got here. Maybe I'm not supposed to do See, that. That's part how it's well. supposed to be. Yeah. And it just, it was so funny because, of course, I'm the life coach always teaching all the things. But it just him saying that, I was like, oh, maybe the actual work is for me to kind of sign up for that crappy first five minutes that really does not feel good. Because he's like defensive and then I'm like, don't be defensive. And then he's more, I mean, you know, you've probably all been in. Which really drops the defense down (laughs) when you were told to not be defensive. Totally. (laughs) Drops it right down. That tentacle is successful. If you could just let me come at you without any defenses, that would be so much better. And he's like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't really cracked that nut. Plus, also, there's a history of him needing to defend himself. Can we? Okay, let's. I'm going to do some truth telling here. There's a history of him needing to defend himself effectively against me because I was trying to control the man within an inch of his life. And he was not for that. 
which, oh my gosh, at this point, I'm like, thank goodness. I've always, always respected the fact that I could not control that man, even though it's the, that is the thing that pisses me off more than anything else. So I don't know if that, if that, I feel like that's relevant. There's just some truth telling that can kind of find its way when we can own, I don't know, just kind of the truth about ourselves without falling into a pit of shame. Yes. Because what I'm not doing as I'm telling the story is I'm not turning back on me and saying, well, I should have been different and I never should have been that way and I shouldn't be attacking. It's like, no, I absolutely accept my humanity. Yeah. yeah. So what that reminds me of is in our house now, like with everyone in the family now, we're constantly saying, I'm allowed to feel angry right now. Oh my gosh. So good. I'm allowed to feel such and such. And my daughter will say, I don't have to want to do that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which I'm always like, gosh, I know, but it would be so much easier if you were just calm and you enjoyed everything I made you do. You know, like, yes, it's just like, and sometimes we come back with like, I'm allowed to be mad at that. Well, I'm allowed to be mad right back at you. And it's like, yeah, we're all just allowed to have our own feelings. Um, That's so good. Even though it sucks sometimes, which it does. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really fun to hear. Yeah. I really love that. I love it slash hate it when my children say it to me. Um, oh, totally. I do love it, but it is an unpleasant experience for me. <laughs> Personally. When they say... Like when they are having big emotions and oh, yeah. I like just want them to clean their room or something like that. <laughs> oh, no, that's just hard. Okay. Other people's big emotions. I don't even know where to go with this. Okay, is it easier for you if they to just be around someone with big emotions? If if you're making them about you, is that mm. where the trouble is or is it just being in the space of big emotion? And I know that's a gigantic question, but well, quick answer. It's hard for me to be around big emotion at all, I would say. Okay. Um, but if it's because I caused it, or you, your brain is telling you that you caused that it. I yes. have caused it, or like my brain is like, this is your fault. You should have oh. tentacled better than this. <laughs> you did not successfully tentacle and control this person's emotional yes. state. Yeah. Okay. I just Ten feel times like worse. we have to do a little mini divergence here. <laughs> Oh, that's such a toughie. We don't cause other people's emotions and they don't cause our emotions. And I'm just going to put a pin in that for another episode. But this episode, pulling this apart is so crucial. It's so crucial because again, the all or nothing brain says, oh, so nothing I do impact like whatever. You can see how the brain all or nothing's that all day long. But I think it's really useful to just consider this. How am I around emotion? 
How am I around other people's emotion? That really is about us. And it's not to make us wrong at all. It's not to make us wrong at all. I think our capacity for other people's emotion gets formed very, very early on. When we're little and big emotions around us, you can imagine. I mean, we both have kids, so we can, I think, really imagine like how scary for them. And then we form this personality all around it to try to make that not happen. One of the things that we do, of course, is try to control other people so that they don't have emotion because the emotions make us so uncomfortable. And the work we're talking about is learning how to manage ourselves independently of other people so everyone gets uh, a little more space to be human. But of course it's hard, I guess, is the also the short way of saying that. <laughs> because that's the other thing. I don't want anyone to take away from this episode at all. Of course, I'm doing it wrong. Right? I, I literally... Well, because not... everyone's doing it wrong. Like, we're all just Or we're doing all doing stuff. it wrong. That's what Ooh, I, I kind of yeah. like that better. Because I feel like that's more true. What if we're or, all doing it wrong or, sometimes? Yeah. Or it's just, there is no wrong, but... That doesn't feel true either. <laughs> oh, yeah. That doesn't feel true at all. <laughs> I think that's like what the answer is supposed to be. But I mean, like, this is, a, this is a podcast where we speak the truth. With right? real people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Let me try to... So we need to be able to look inside. When there's any kind of relational challenge, be it work, friendship, uh, partnership, right. parenting... We have to be able to look inside. There has to be some protection or at least um, something to do when it goes super shamey. Because I, we cannot talk about this without really hanging out in that place more. Because your experience there, that's the norm from what I can see. Right? If I take, and this is how I teach it. You know, I teach this all the time. When we take the focus off the other person, whoo, that same like judgment and condemnation and like badness gets turned on us. And that, and then, so then instead of being in a sturdy place where we can do something about it, it's like the bottom drops out and then we're in a hole. So we either find ourselves emotionally sort of lording over people, sort of unknowingly tentacling them and trying to control them, or we take our attention back and then bloop, we drop through the floor because we've decided there's something wrong with us. So, key to this whole process is one, the thought part, considering whatever, like try these on in your own body, right? Maybe what were the things that we said? Maybe we're all doing it wrong sometimes. May, I, do, I do really like to play with what if nothing's gone wrong here? I like that one. Uh, what if there's no bad guy here? What do you think about that one? I use that one a lot in my marriage. Like, okay, what if there's no bad guy? What then? You don't seem as enthralled with that one. <laughs> I just haven't considered that one before. I can see how it could be useful. Okay. Um, anything that gets you to like that middle neutral ground, right? Like, yes. Yes, it's not all their fault. It's not all my fault. It's like, what's my role here? I feel like 
what's my role here is something like once I've kind of moved through it a little bit, I can ask, okay, what's my role here? Like, what did I contribute to this? I'm not taking the blame. I'm not taking all the blame, but like, what can I learn here? Like, what's something I could do different? Who do I want to be in this situation? Okay. How do I want to show up? Yeah, totally. Blame is the key word that you said there. I'm not taking all the blame. What I really try to elevate conceptually is anytime there's negative emotion or conflict or whatever, it does, that's not necessarily a problem at all. There literally could be no one to blame. It could be a thing that's happening. Something to work through. We, as sixes, it's like we're doing all the planning and the preparation and the tentacling and all the things so that we never have a thing to work through. Because the fundamental uh, position is I don't feel confident in my ability to meet life where life is. So I'm going to try to do all the things to not have life happen. As opposed to, oh, here we are. We find we find ourselves in a situation and we have two adults here. And as two adults in a situation, we can find our way through, especially if we're open to there being some mess and some discomfort. I mean, to me, it sounds so boring, but like that's adulting to me. Like I'm an adult, you're an adult, we have a situation, we can forge our way here. May not be pretty, but that doesn't mean there's someone to blame. Because part of what we do too, I have to bring in the over-psychologizing that, oh dear goodness, right? We're like, oh, well, that's just because that person's avoidant attached and they da 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 and they're, you know, narcissistic. What did you say? Narcissistic. Narcissistic. Everyone's a narcissist. If that person gets a label, then you're free to like, oh, be validated and justified in your response to this person. Anyway, what other ways do we we do this to ourselves too? Oh, it's just my anxious attachment or my am I avoidant attachment? Maybe I'm disorganized. I don't know. Am I and we start throwing psychological labels like freaking spaghetti at everything. Drives me nuts. I love to do it. Okay. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that I don't do this. I love to do it, but I'm also aware that like this is not necessarily useful. Or or Enneagram community, we start Enneagramming everybody. Oh, well, that's their four fix and their da-da-da-da. Well, it's because they're a nine. And, and that stuff just, it grates on me to no end. Even though, again, I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm like, well, he's a one. So obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, again, I think it's one of those things to just bring into our awareness, right? Oh, am I over-psychologizing the situation here? Am I Enneagramming the crap out of this? Like, is this actually useful? Is this just making me feel good? Am I doing all of this? So I, how do we find our sturdiness as sixes? I think this might be one of the main questions too. If there's a conflict, where do I find my sturdiness? Do I need a belief system? Do I need a label? Do I need like to be validated that I'm right about this person? That, you're nodding about that one. Yeah. yeah, I was like, external validation was what I was going to say. Yep. Totally. Yes. 
external validation. I need, I need someone else to tell me that I'm right in how I'm feeling, how I'm perceiving this, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to, okay, one thing. So you call that sturdiness. Internal sturdiness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have felt internal sturdiness, like the sense of like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm deciding it's official. It's the, it's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always feel super sturdy. (laughs) Like, Mm. it can still feel yucky. Like, I think that is, yep, is just a thing to, to note. Um, because like you can know you're doing the right thing and still feel yucky. Oh, I think it's a given. So I I must not mean it in that part of the process. I think what I'm talking about is like building that internal sturdiness over time. So like Like when you trust. Yeah. 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 It's trust. Oh, sorry, sexes. This is what it is. It's trust. Okay. So I do think sturdy, like I get your meaning of that word. Totally. I guess I, your example you just said it a little bit ago, right? When you're like, oh, I used to swing so quickly from blame to shame. And you're like, yes. oh, I don't really do that so much anymore. That's what I'm talking about. Because you've built totally. over time through the reps, doing the work, this sense of yourself that is different. But to totally. get there. Yeah, I would just hate for people to think that it's like, oh, I've achieved sturdiness. And now I feel steady Eddie all the time. And there's no unpleasant emotions. <laughs> That's just not the case. So just, I guess, wanted to note that. <laughs> I, I really hope. I mean, I think anyone who listens to me talk week after week knows. But I don't think that's the case. The goal is actually to feel like crap all the time. It's, that's the goal. No. The goal is to be willing to feel discomfort more often than you currently are. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And not avoid it so that it actually doesn't feel as bad as you think it's going to feel. That's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. Or it does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and you get through it. Yeah. It's knowing that you can get through it. So, yes, that's it. Let's crack open some of the things that we have to make permission for. We've already kind of said for discomfort. Absolutely. Top of the list in order to sort of do less tentacling um, as well as less self-shaming, there has to be room for discomfort, for mess. It's such such a big ask. Like, I totally get it. But like, this is also why I always, always say, start small. Like, practice this with small, safe-to-fail things. Because then we're building right? We're using trust, we're doing small things, and we're building this sort of internal sturdiness that we're talking about over time. Okay. Anything on that you want to add? That feels accurate. It feels like you want to do it on the big stuff. Well, yeah, because we want to fix everything once and be done with it. Yes. It's not to say we can't do it on the big stuff. I just think we put ourselves more at risk when we do that. Totally. Yeah, of course. Not that we can't, I have to disclaim everything. Not that we can't work on a big thing. It's just, it's a process. It's a long-term commitment. Agreed? I remember Agreed. I coached someone for six weeks straight. 
Oh my gosh, so many thoughts. This is the other part where we want to like pick a thing and work on it. Because I worked with someone for, I want to say it was six or eight weeks on one thing. And it was extricating from an extremely abusive friendship. But we did all of this work and we stayed on that one thing for six weeks. And it, like, she got free from it. And it was all of this. There was so much work to do. But because we picked the one narrow thing, she was able to really implement, make progress, feel all her feelings, et cetera, et cetera. I think sometimes as sixes, we we don't do that because it's easier just to stay in whatever the heck situation we have going on. It's much easier to just stay and not change. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the well, discomfort- It feels like it's easier. It, it seems like it would be easier. Our brains tell us it's easier because you do yes. have to confront new discomfort, or at least the brain's saying it's new. The brain's framing it in a way that says, you've never done this before. Yeah. Okay. So when we are trying to be in other people's brains less, one of the things we need to make space for is permission to for them to be wrong about you. Permission for them to misunderstand you. It's a very, very big trigger for sixes. Yes. Um, what is your experience with that? How much do you want to be understood? How important is that? If I'm being honest, please, I can remember. Yes, I have been not being honest this whole time. I can remember an argument that I had with my husband a while back. And I was so mad at him because he could not understand my side. And in my head, I was like, I can at least understand from your perspective. I don't agree with you, but I can understand why you think that. And he was not apparently willing to concede that for me. And I was so mad. And I remember you being like, well, what if he can't ever understand you? And honestly, I think about I that thought comes up in my head, like people can't really understand you because they aren't you and they don't have your experiences and they don't like know what's going on inside your brain. And I don't know. So since I don't feel like I. It's not a big thing for me lately, um, making sure that I'm understood. I've also been in like a very transition-y time of Mm -hmm. my life where I'm just like making changes and people have thoughts Mm. and you know they might not understand why I'm doing things so like I'm just in a very like okay hold on hold on real quick I just gotta get coachy for a second you've totally created the capacity to be doing what you're doing so no totally I didn't magically get here no certainly like you're not just in a season in which such a mess You've created incredible capacity to be moving forward in your life while people may have thoughts about what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Own that shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's my journey through this has been great so far. (laughs) I'm doing great. Okay. I want to pick up on something you didn't say this, but the other side of what you just said is this 
assumption that I understand him so well, and I just need to crack open the fact that he may never really understand me. I think we are woefully uh, wrong (laughs) about how well we understand other people. I just think it's incorrect. So I I did actually say that I said I could understand him completely in that one. Well, and I wasn't meaning to call you out. I was just saying that made me think of, yeah. Well, that's funny because I think you're absolutely right. Like sometimes like people will do stuff and I'll be like, huh, I never would have predicted that. Huh. Guess I don't know everything that's going on in someone else's brain. Okay. And as, um, you know, I've been doing all this work over the years and Bob's been privy to it. I've gotten so much more curious about him than thinking I know. Mm. This is another, oh, it bothers me how much people assume about other people. And I kind of think we're some of the worst offenders because we have to know. Mm -hmm. And we get that faux certainty with I understand you so well. Hence all the psychologizing and enneagramming and all this like language and whatever that we can really misuse against people. And I've been shocked, like really humbled because when I ask him about him, he says things that I didn't actually predict or know. And I feel like there's such a more genuine intimacy now when I share about me and I'm curious about him. And it's it's really kind of taken my whole worldview in a lot of ways and turned it on its head because I was so sure. And it's not like I can't get there in a flash, but overall, I don't know. And I do the same thing to my kids. Like, oh, I know why you're doing that. And, da, 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 da. and I don't. If I can actually be curious enough to actually extract, you know, words from them, I don't know them. I want to get to know them. So I think this is another thing that kind of comes online when we can soften some of this is genuine curiosity about other people because we're not being so self-focused. Totally. The kid one, that one hits me a little bit, I feel like. I think what I do then is I see something, an emotion, a behavior, and I'm, and I think, why would I feel that way? And I yes. put it on, and I put it on them. And I mean, my kids are little, so whether they would be able to like verbalize what's actually going on, I don't know. We're working on it. They're allowed to feel big feelings. Um, but I, you know, I don't know why they do the things that they do. Well, I and don't. I've been told by my son that. I project my anxiety onto him. He hasn't used that phrase, but he says, mom, you think, I mean, I'm just so thankful for his adeptness, but he's like, you think I'm worried about this? He's like, you're worried about that. I'm like, oh, Oh, that's good. (laughs) That is so awesome though, really? Like, Yeah. yeah. No, it is so awesome. And Violet does a similar thing. This is the downside of raising your kids to yes. be able to talk to you really clearly. They they will tell you things. They absolutely will. Okay, permission for people to be wrong about us. Like just literally letting people misunderstand. 
I don't like it. <laughs> um, but it doesn't like make me freak out. Yeah. Like I feel like it you what used to. Is it is it because now you feel more secure in what you think about you? When you're making a decision, why you do what you do, your own just sense of yourself? Yeah. I think I think what you um you just said why I do what I do. Like I know that like even if I make a mistake, do something wrong, screw up, like I'm not trying to you know, do wrong, you know, like I am like my intentions are good. Like I yeah. and I believe that I believe that about myself and um, I believe that about myself. That I mean so yeah, if someone misreads an intention or gets you wrong or whatever, I will find sometimes if I am feeling really just confused or spinny or bad or whatever, I will want to connect with someone else to be like, do I make sense? So I'll let the person who's committed to misunderstanding me if someone just isn't getting me, I can disconnect from them, but I still might want some connected reassurance through a trusted person. And I just want to, like, to me, that's not a problem. Like, I'm going to talk to a friend or Bob or whatever and be like, okay, so just, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm letting that person be that person, but I still need a little something, something over here. I just think that's healthy and fine. I just want to say. Yeah, I do. I do that. <laughs> yeah, so. we do that for each other sometimes. I was just gonna say, pretty much to you. <laughs> yeah, and I just that's just okay because it can be really hard, especially in the beginning or always, to really confront our some of our biggest fears. Like that's not a small deal. It's not a one-time thing. It's a multi-time over and over and over and over to really start to have more internal sturdiness. And it's okay to still have people in our life that we rely on to, you know, have a little more, uh, whatever, a little more sturdiness. Mm -hmm. I was trying to come up with some like adhesive analogy. It, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't work. Okay. I think that's all. I think that's it. We got a lot out there. Anything else you want to add about other people's brains? You're all allowed to think whatever you want to think about this episode. Oh. You have <laughs> our permission. <laughs> To have your own Wow. Thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is. There it is. Yeah, totally. And I, the other thing I just want to, I don't know. I feel so much more freedom to be in the world when I trust myself, my intentions, even if they end up being wrong or off or whatever. I trust myself in the moment. I know that I'm going to look back on me. And be like, huh, because I'm growing and learning and becoming. And when I let other people do the same and be human, I just feel so much better. I feel like it's worth the work. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Go to work, letting everybody have all of their own thoughts and feelings. Good times. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, Abby. Talk soon. Thanks for being here. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. So high pitched. Okay. Thank you for being here as always. Let me know what you think. Sign 
up for the Confidence for Sixes workshops. I'm getting very excited to be in a group with more of you, sixes I have yet to meet. And it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's also going to be useful. If your brain, if you feel afraid to do it, that is a good reason to do it. Literally signing up and getting in a space where you might feel disoriented or uncomfortable, but you are actually safe is a great way to practice this whole endeavor. So if you're considering it, but you feel a little, that's a great sign that, um, yeah, you might want to be there. I certainly want you there. Okay. Talk to y'all soon.